Evenhot.l podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Odd Dad Out podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out, and this is the show where I share my twisted little view of things and talk about weird stuff from the news and generally just make fun of stuff. So, anybody else out there feel it's, 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 um, you want to stick it to the groundhog, I guess you could say. Um, it is currently uh, mid to late February and I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with some, uh, spring. Yeah. We're kind of supposed to be in the, in the, the throes of winter. And I realize I live in Arizona and we don't get real winter compared to the rest of the country. And the rest of the country can, can kiss my ass when it comes to that because I'm sorry for me, 40 degrees is cold. That being said, Last week here, it was about 80, 85 degrees. I shit you not. It was in the 80s, pretty much consistently all week. I've been using my air conditioner in the house for a couple of weeks now in February. That's, and before anybody starts going off on global warming, and blah, 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 it, it's Arizona, it happens. Every so often, you just kind of skip a winter. And it happens around here on a, every so many years. I just know that the summer is going to be blistering hot, and probably next year is going to freeze my balls off. That being said, holy crap. This whole spring starting early thing, and I don't know what the hell the stupid groundhog said. I, I, somebody said something, and I think it was say, oh, it's gonna be six more weeks of winter. Six weeks maybe in dog years. I don't know, because it's, it's over. Um, at least as far as Arizona's, or at least as part of the Phoenix metro area is concerned, uh, winter is over. Uh, yeah, it's, it's in the sixties. And for, and on some parts of the country, that's summer weather. I, I, I believe it. That's, that's, that's shorts weather for a lot of parts of the country. Not here. That's, uh, fuck, I need a jacket. But I mentioned that whole springy earliness thing. Because I'm suddenly having to deal with the ramifications of early warming. Um, a, I've had to mow my yard in February. I usually don't have to mow my yard from anywhere from around Thanksgiving until uh, spring break in March. And that works. And it's not like, oh, my yard dies. It's just, and I still water my yard. I have automatic sprinklers and all that. I dial it down because I don't need it all going crazy. But I usually, just because of cold, I don't really have to mow my yard for like three, four months. And I've had to mow my yard twice now in February, which is getting damn annoying. Like it's, it's, this is not, it's, this is not March, April, May, springtime, summertime, mowing the yard every week or otherwise I'm knee high in grass. Uh, but I'm having to mow my yard and having to edge and do all of the yard maintenance. It's, 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 it's still winter time. I don't want to do it. Yes, I'm whining about mowing my yard. I'm whining about doing yard work because, you know, work is hard. <laughs> I enjoy doing yard work. I do, but it's too early to start this crap. I'm on, I'm on break. 
I'm I'm seeing, you know, the people that pay for yard work around the neighborhood. I'm seeing yard crews all of a sudden. It's, it's really unusual. And it, it's even more unusual considering how few people in my neighborhood have grass. Most of them, and if you've ever been through Arizona, you realize most people just have rocks. It's just one of those environmentally conscious things. Most people don't have grass. Most people just have rocks in their yard, which I've had that. And screw you guys, I'd rather mow my yard than have to pull fucking weeds every other day. Uh, but aside from my whining about the, the grass situation, actually my more pressing concern when it comes to this whole early spring issue is that the other day, my boys found a scorpion in our garage. Which isn't a problem if it's the summer because you expect that because they're awake. But scorpions, like so many other sort of critters of that type, are cold-blooded and, for the most part, hibernate in the winter. Not so much that they necessarily hibernate, but they aren't very active because it's not very warm, so they can't really move around that quick. But they found a scorpion in the garage pretty much like four feet from our door. No bueno. Sorry, people. That's not not good for me. I mean, and at the point where I went in, it was like 40 degrees in the garage. And so it probably came in at some warm point the previous day and made it that far into the garage and froze stuck still on the wall. But I shouldn't be having to dispatch scorpions that early in the year. It's, it is not, not good. I'm suddenly finding myself having to go out. And, and I think I've mentioned in the past, I do my own pest control. I have commercial grade pesticides that I actually treat my own house, which is fine and dandy when the weather is in operating conditions. Um, but it is currently too cold in the morning to do it in the morning and too, and, and I'm, I'm just damn busy the rest of the day. So, but, but I need, to, I'm finding that I'm going to have to go treat the house and I'm going to have to go and spray my whole house for bugs again. And it's not even time of year. And that means I'm going to have to do it again. And if you, anybody, if you, every time you ever, if you ever have like exterminators come around, and I'm sure anybody, if you live in like any sort of like a HOA area or an apartment complex or anywhere where, you know, the, the, the bug guys come around every so often and spray for, for primarily roaches. I think just about anywhere you go, they're primarily spraying for roaches, ants, and spiders. Here, that's also for termites and scorpions and centipedes and a million other damn things because you might just randomly have a tarantula in your yard. But that all being said, if you recall, the side effect of spraying for bugs is now you see them. Because most of the time, the bugs are there. They're all out there. They're all doing their happy little bug thing. The roaches and scorpions and blah, 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 blah. They're all out there doing their thing. You don't see them. Then you go and spray your house. And the next thing you know, every stupid little bug that's ever been in existence anywhere within 10 feet of your property is suddenly crawling out of their little hidey holes because you just poisoned their house. And now you've got 50,000 cockroaches dead on your sidewalk in the morning. Or you've got scorpions and cockroaches and spiders and ants and everything running into your house because you just poisoned the front, the entire front driveway. Um, and I don't want to deal with that. 
hey, yeah, I'm whining about having to deal with normal issues part of my life. But bugs suck. And, and, and scorpions suck. Especially scorpions. That's big, that's my big problem. I honestly can deal with cockroaches to a pretty good extent. Just, they're, they're just everywhere. So you kinda, I, I hate creepy crawly things. Not like I'm afraid of them. They're just, they're creepy crawly things. But I just, scorpion, I generally have a, other than like actually, you know, doing pest control and spraying my house and all that stuff. Uh, I, I have a no active kill rule, generally speaking. I try not to squash stuff. Uh, you know, cockroaches are kind of a, if I can shoo them the hell away, fine. We don't really get them in our house. I do a pretty good job of keeping on that. But the only thing, the only thing that I have a nope 100% kill rule is scorpions. Because out here, the bark scorpions can kill your dog. That's just kind of the thing. You know, your dog gets bopped, you know, sees a scorpion, goes over there and starts barking at it, gets bopped in the nose. You could have a dead dog. Not every time. Absolutely. Like, they're, you know, I got a big-ass dog. My dog weighs more than me. Which, I realize doesn't say much, but my dog weighs more than me. If he gets bopped by a scorpion, eh, he'll probably make it. He'll probably also need to be hospitalized for that sting. But, yeah, so I, I don't... I, I don't like scorpions. And I've got small kids. I've got a one-year-old running around. I've got a, a three and four and seven-year-old running around who could easily be hospitalized by a scorpion sting. I've never been stung by a scorpion, but my sister has and put her in the hospital. And to this very day, she is absolutely terrified of scorpions and she's pushing 40. Sorry, sister. It's a fact you are pushing 40. She hates when I round her age up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but that being said, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I guess I, I'm, I wasn't ready for, for winter to be over, even though it technically isn't, even though it's still like a month officially before winter is over and we're into spring. I, I'm, I wasn't mentally prepared. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm still cool. I still have to wear a jacket to work at night. So it's not, it's not, winter's not over yet. It's, it's not springtime. But you go out in the day. Nope, it's it's springtime during the day. It's it's more like fall, really, because it's not really bright and sunshiny. It's not as intense. And I guess that's just kind of the how much sun, how much daytime versus how much nighttime you're getting. Uh, we're still getting a good fair amount of nighttime to where it's it's feeling kind of autumn and wintry, but not really you know springtime. But it's just the spring is coming too soon. Spring is almost here, and I'm not ready for spring to almost be here, because when spring gets here, then summer gets here. I don't know, and then summer gets here, and then it's, it's every, it's, it's all, all bets are off, and it's, I have to mow the yard every week without fail, and edge it, and be spraying for bugs, and be spraying for weeds, and all of the outside stuff, which I enjoy doing the stuff I don't want you know the like when there's a thing that you like to do, you love doing it, but you don't want to have to do it. You want to do it on your terms. That's basically where I live with with yard work. I love yard work. I enjoy doing yard work, but I want to do it when I want to do it. Not when I don't want some stupid piece of grass telling me when I have to trim it. I don't want, you know, I don't I don't want the the weeds telling me when I have to go out there and pull weeds. I want to go pull weeds and I want to mow the grass on my terms. Uh, 
I want to mow the yard and edge and trim and, and, and pull weeds and, and fertilize and spray for whatever the hell on my terms, not theirs. Yeah, damn it. I'm arguing with the weeds because, because you shouldn't let your stuff boss you around, man. It's not cool. I don't know why I got like this right now, but it just rolled that way. <sighs> and then another side effect of, of the spring. I wouldn't say a side effect. It's a sign of spring rolling through. And it doesn't really count. Because it's going to be over before it's actually spring. But one of the bits of living in Arizona, especially living in the Phoenix metro that I do, is spring training. Major League Baseball basically sets up shop in this part of the country for the next uh, month, two months. And it is what's referred to as the Cactus League. You know, because Arizona. Yay, we love our our puns. Uh, but yeah, Arizona Cactus League, which is basically Major League Baseball spring training. There's like eight or nine teams, I think. I forget how many. But it's major teams, like the Chicago Cubs. I mean, the Diamondbacks, obviously, because they're here. Um, the, the Padres, the Kansas City Royals. I always remember the Royals because they actually, their field is over right by my house. Uh, yeah, all the Astros, all these, all the major league serious teams. And it's not like, oh, the minor league version of the Cubs or minor league. No, it's the, the real Cubs. This is where they come to practice during the springtime before the season starts up again. So every, pretty much every team that's in the Cactus League, has kind of their own little regional uh, field. Uh, Surprise Stadium, because I live in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, Surprise Stadium houses the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Mesa, Arizona, they just built a new uh, stadium, uh, Sloan Field, for uh, the Cubs, which I imagine right now is getting all decked out to hell because now it's the World Series, World Series champion Cubs. Um uh, the uh, the Diamondbacks actually do not play at the regular field during spring training. They have a completely separate field they play at for spring training. Uh, but yeah, uh, pa- like I said, Padres, Astros, all these teams have different little bases because there's a ton of little kind of outdoor venues and ballparks and things all across the valley because every little suburb and Chandler and Mesa and Gilbert and Surprise and Glendale and they all have their little fields. And so all of these big teams set up shop in these smaller, I guess you'd imagine they were probably like main minor league size fields, but they have basically what amounts to a, a shortened season. Well, this short little spring training major league season draws crap loads of people in from out of town who say, I couldn't afford to go see the Cubs normally out in Chicago, but I can afford to, especially snowbirds, like the, like, hey, we don't live in Chicago. We live in Arizona during the winter months. We're, we're snowbirds, as they say. Uh, they come down here. Hey, we're, we're from Chicago. We're big Cubs fans. We can go watch the Cubs play for 20 bucks instead of $100, $160, whatever the hell it costs to watch the Cubs play in Chicago. I know major league tickets are really expensive. I've heard that the Diamondbacks are have like the cheapest tickets and vending prices, like drink prices and food prices and stuff in the whole league. But we're also not an especially notable team. I mean, yeah, we won the World Series once like 
15 something years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, not so much. But that's just meaning more traffic because it's more reason for all the snowbirds to go out. They come from, from Washington and Chicago and all over the country down here for the nice warm weather, which at this moment I'm griping about. But they come down here for the slightly milder winters and they watch all their teams and they, they put around in their fucking golf carts because, you know, Arizona and old people is golf carts. But now they're all, it's, it's making it impossible for just getting around for, I need to get to work. Well, for me to get to work, I pass three stadiums. I'm not kidding. I live in one suburb way out of town. I live in what amounts to North Central Phoenix. I've got to pass four suburbs and every stadium along the way. And man, you just, ha- you have to schedule your, your travel right now around like what? Oh shit. A game is going to let out in 20 minutes. I better get out of here or. I'm going to wait because, you know, oh, the game, the Cubs were playing the Royals around the corner. I Let's go the other way. Let's let's avoid the freeway. Let's take surface streets because this way is going to be packed. And it's it's great for the economy. It is. It's, it's major sports teams playing in all these little suburbs, and it's great for the economy. It's great for my little city that I enjoy. I like my little suburb. That's why we don't move into the big city. But... It's a royal pain in the ass when you're just trying to go grocery shopping or you've got a dentist appointment to get to and you've got to pass the stadium and there's police having to control the traffic because it's a little two-lane road that leaves where the stadium is at. It's, 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 I guess that's kind of the, 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 uh, what do you say? The double-edged sword of, of major sports franchises. It's like, they're great for the, for the local economy. You know, every major city that has a major sports team or two or three or ten or whatever, you know, Phoenix has one of every major sports team. If you live in Texas, Texas has two or three of every major sports type of thing. Uh, but you, you enjoy the money and the revenue and all the perks that come with having a major sports franchise around. It's also a pain in the ass to work around. It's like, I, you know, I like the convenience of, hey, I could go downtown and watch a Suns game. I could go watch the Diamondbacks play. I could, if I were so inclined to watch a hockey game, I could go watch the Coyotes. Uh, we even have a, a soccer team, believe it or not, that plays not too far from me. Like, if I feel so inclined, there is a major sports franchise that I could watch within a 20-minute drive of my home. I don't want to deal with the traffic. I don't want to deal with the crowds. I don't want to deal with the people. Because, yeah, okay, introverted person, yeah, fine. But, no, it's, it's, it's crowded and busy and people are stupid and, nah. And, you know, you get people going to a baseball game. What do you do to a baseball game? You eat hot dogs and you drink beer. I do neither of these. Okay, I, I eat hot dogs and occasionally I enjoy, uh, I've been experimenting drinking beer. I'm not really a fan. I'm, I'm possibly giving up on this experiment. But what do you have at the end of the baseball game? It doesn't matter if it's Major League World Series game or Cactus League game. You've got 10,000 drunk guys leaving a baseball field. Uh, the, the inability to drive, 
the inability to avoid hitting that telephone pole right there. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because it's, it's like, yeah, it's great. All of the, these teams bring money and bring all these great things to your area, to my area. It's great for our little city. Except it's a bunch of drunk people watching baseball getting rowdy at the park. And I don't like drunk people getting rowdy at the park. Uh, I just want to take my kids to go feed the ducks. And I got a bunch of drunk guys. Woo! Woo! The good Royals! Woo! Okay, I don't know, I just... Uh, maybe that's why I'm not into sports. General blanket term. I'm just generally not into sports. Maybe that's it. Ah. Uh, have I ranted long enough? I think I've ranted long enough. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm ready for spring to be over. No, I'm, I don't know. I want spring to just be spring. It's not supposed to be spring yet. It's February. Let's have, let's finish winter first. Let's have a few more days with ice on the road and needing to turn the heater on in the morning. I appreciate not having to waste the gas turning my heater on, but I'd like to have to warm up the car a bit. It's still February, people. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to calm down, have a drink, and I will be right back with the news after this little promo break. The Epic Film Guys podcast is a film comedy podcast with two best friends celebrating everything we love about going to the movies. We've got great beer, amazing guests, and quirky characters unlike anything you've ever heard before. Well, I just assumed you were drinking that chocolate stout that you were going to make with the cheapest crap chocolate ice cream in the Miller Lite. I remember being a young man and my mother telling me I didn't have a name because I was illegitimate. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Never be sorry on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Never be sorry. C- cut in, talk over. I'm sorry every time I finish out. doing an episode. I didn't hear that, Nick. Don't bring it up yet. I'm not supposed to come out till like the end of the episode. Subscribe to the Epic Film Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you at the movies. Hi, it's Lisa from Small Things. If we all do small things, we can make a big difference. Visit our website, smallthings.net.au. And remember to smile. Okay, this first story I'm I'm a little conflicted about. Um, I guess I'll just jump in. A, a a KKK leader was apparently murdered by his wife and stepson, and I'm I'm conflicted on this because. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a KKK leader. He was a, a self-professed imperial wizard of the KKK. The Ku Klux Klan, for those of you not, not in the know. Uh, yeah, they still exist. Uh, I guess I, I'm conflicted because he was still a person. And I, I do not condone murder. In a general way, murder is bad. And... It's a person being a member of a really dumb group of people. Being a, a Klansman does not immediately mean you deserve to be murdered. 
Now, when I've looked into the story, all I can really find out about this guy is all they really say is that he was a clansman, that he was a clan leader. There's no really saying of, was this an abusive relationship? Was he beating his wife? Was he beating the kid? Was this some sort of crazy self-defense thing? She had no, she was like at her wit's end. This was her last resort. She finally had to defend herself and shot him in his sleep, which is apparently what happened. Apparently, the wife shot him in his sleep. They, you know, her and her son cleaned up the body, dump it in a river. And, that, and then when they were arrested, they admitted it. They, they, they confessed to what they did. But they're, like, they've been arrested and they're charged with murder, but they're kind of, I wouldn't say they're, they seem to be going easy on this case, but it seems like they're, nobody's too shaken up by the fact that a clan leader was killed. And again, I don't know, they're, they're not telling a lot about who this guy is and what he was like. It's like, maybe he was just this really a bastard and really ha- kind of had this coming and the local PD are like, ah, oh, fuck Steve. Or whatever the hell his name was, I don't care. Uh, Mr. Grand Wizard Bastard Fucker. Um, let him, you know, like, eh, let him rot in hell. And I'm sure there are people that feel like that. Um, but still, you can't just, there, again, outside of some crazy abusive last resort situation, y- you can't justify murdering a guy just because he was a Klansman. Otherwise, people could just go off fucking whacking Klansmen left and right. There's still plenty of them, unfortunately. So again, I'm conflicted. I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this story. I thought it was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I think it's more interesting because I'm conflicted because he was a Klansman. And by default, he's a racist son of a bitch. But that doesn't mean he needs to be shot in his sleep. You need more, you need, you need other information to, to say, was this some sort of justified homicide? And some people will say, there's no such thing as justified homicide. There are self-defense cases. There are battered woman syndrome. There's lots of things that could have eventually justified murdering the guy. But they haven't mentioned any of that yet. All right. Next up. I, I The next story I, I will say. I'm probably going to get crap for this. I, I will take. A, I take issue with this one. An army command post in Washington state has issued a memo banning. The, the article highlights uh, banning Nickelback music. I'm sorry. What the fuck is so wrong with Nickelback? I think Nickelback and Anne Hathaway, they get all this damn shit and people bitch about them all the time. There's all this Nickelback hate and Anne Hathaway hate. What the fuck is so wrong with Nickelback music? Like, really? I don't under, I don't understand the hate. Uh, also in the memo, and, I'm, and that's why it's funny, and it's funny because they single out Nickelback in the, in the headline. The lists also mentioned Smash Mouth and Creed, which, they're, they're, they're annoying. Um, Creed just got kind of sissy, Smash Mouth. It's catchy stuff. You can only listen to it like one or two times and then you're like, oh, enough of it already. Uh, and then Corn and Slipknot. And in, in some of the comments for some of the thing, you'd see a lot of people who are Corn and Slipknot fans were offended by being included in the same memo as Nickelback and Smash Mouth and Creed. But, yeah, I I can understand if you say, hey, you know, no loud rock and roll music after after 7 p.m. or whatever 
because you know I'm 85 years old, Commander, and I and I don't like your loud modern rock and roll music. But this, this is a wide range of technically rock art rock bands. And, and what the hell, yo? And and to be fair, metal music is very popular among the military. And anybody who looks into it, you're going to find a lot more corn CDs than Taylor Swift. I guarantee you. But yeah, I I guess my issue comes with the singling out of Nickelback. I don't get it. What's wrong? What's the fuck is so wrong with Nickelback? And I'm sure anybody that's going to come back at me is going to give it. The, yeah, but they suck. Why? I I. I I, I deflect to an interview with Jerry Cantrell defending Nickelback. Jerry Cantrell, lead guitarist for Alice in Chains, who nobody is going to say is, is, is a pussy, has performed with Nickelback on multiple occasions. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top has performed with Nickelback on multiple occasions. When you're not going to argue with Jerry Cantrell and Billy Gibbons, I dare you, they will beat your ass. Billy is old as shit. He will still kick your ass. These are, these are rock nobility who stand behind this band. So I think you need to get your, they're too commercial and too, I think that's it is that they basically are able to produce rock music that is very commercially viable. That's just it. They're, they're too clean for the hardcore metal crowd, I guess, but I'm sorry. The music's catchy. It's enjoyable. I have a very large amount of Nickelback in my personal music collection on my phone right now, so anybody who has issue with that can kiss my ass. I don't have a problem with Nickelback. Meh. <laughs> ah, yep, that's that's adult arguing right there. Yeah, don't tell me any bands I can't like. Uh, speaking of immaturity, totally didn't mean this. Uh, <laughs> A, a, a lady in the UK who is now 21 years old is planning to sue the Euro Millions Lottery Commission after she won $1.6 million at age 17, claiming that winning the millions of dollars at such a young age has since ruined her life. Where? <laughs> That's all I can say. This is so a 17 year old girl wins, uh, was a million euros, which now there's it's 1.6 million dollars, current conversion, whatever. And she's complaining about it, saying that having all this money now, and now she owns two, two businesses and bunch of fucking cars and hangs out with celebrities and does all this bullshit, but her life is so stressful now. She's 21 now, mind you. It's made her life so stressful. She just wishes she could be normal again. And she talks about she has her her money problems and all these and dealing with all this, having all the managing her wealth and managing her businesses and all of her. I'm I'm so fucking rich. I've got all these problems, issues, and her friends just can't relate. Like, like, oh, your friend who works at McDonald's can't relate to you and your multi-million dollar cars, bitch. Deal. If you had such a fucking problem with the repercussions of being a millionaire, maybe you shouldn't have played the fucking lottery. She is trying to sue them, saying that it is morally irresponsible for the lottery to allow winners at such a young age. Which, 
fine. You want to say that they shouldn't have such a young age? In the U.S., you have to be 18. It's one more fucking year, by the way. Um, no, I think in, in, it's the 16 is the, the age limit in, for the European lottery, whatever, or the UK lottery, whatever it is. But yeah, so, so a 17 year old won a million pounds. What, and, but they're, her problem basically boils down to she was irresponsible and her being irresponsible has led to stress. Because if it was really, like, she's going to blame the lottery for her own actions. I was not uh, psychologically responsible to deal with these. You went out and bought a bunch of expensive shit. You went out and bought houses. You went out and bought cars. You went out and got a bunch of shit, ton of plastic surgery, and like to go out and schmooze and, and splurge your money. That's on you. That's because you're an irresponsible twat. Why should the lottery commission be held responsible because you're an irresponsible twat? I'm sorry, but that's you. How, what sort of justification can you have for your actions? Like, yes, they provided the money. You bought the ticket. You played the lotto wanting to win lots of money. Guess what? It happens to people who play the lottery all the time. You win the money. You don't realize what life is like having a lot of money. That's what financial advisors are for. That's what money managers are for. That's what accountants are for. If you were at all in any way concerned about any of these issues, you wouldn't have played the fucking lottery. Or you would have, you know, say, hey, mom, what should I do? Oh, let's let's stick it all in a trust fund and use it to pay for college. No, you decided that you want it to be an irresponsible twat, and now you want to blame them for it. They are not the ones who made you act irresponsible. They didn't ruin your life, and your and her her life isn't ruined. Her life isn't ruined. She's complaining because her friends can't relate, because she's twenty one, and all of her other twenty one year old friends that she knew from school and everybody that knew her before cannot relate to her million dollar lifestyle now. Well, then don't live a fucking million-dollar lifestyle. How about you sell the big house, sell all the stupid cars, because her problem is that she has an addiction to living like a millionaire. That she and that she wants to go out there and spend the millions of dollars, and she wants to go out there and, and, and get the fucking plastic surgery and get the boob jobs and the facelift and the stupid whatever the bullshit she's doing and live the, smooth, the schmoozy fancy life. But then... One, it's like you can't have it both ways. You cannot sit there and try and relate to your friend who works at McDonald's and then want to have a facelift tomorrow. You can't, and you can't hold them responsible for your actions. You did it. You played the game. You won the game. You blew the money. And they're not respond. It's not their fault for what you did. If it's, I mean, if you want to go out and petition and say that, hey, this, you, you probably shouldn't do this for kids at such a young age. You shouldn't allow 16 year olds to play the lottery. Fine. Don't sue the commission and say they ruined your life. They didn't ruin your life. M- more likely your parents ruined your life by raising you to be an irresponsible twat and giving you the, and not giving you the type of moral compass to not blow your money and blame others for it. Sorry, you're blaming, you're trying to blame the commission for your actions. 
And once again, said enough times, you are being an irresponsible twat. Uh, you would think, with that sort of ranting and bitching, that would be the jackass of the week. But it's not! <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that honor is going to a Seattle landlord. Because, apparently, in Seattle, at least according to this schmuck, dying will violate... Your lease. Uh, a, a, a Seattle woman is fighting to get her brother's security deposit back and last month's rent because he died at the beginning of the month. He had a heart attack. He died. She went to go clear out his apartment. She cleared out his apartment. She went to talk to the landlord and said, Hey, I've... Everything's cleared out. All of his his apartment is now empty. Um, you know, I want to collect his security deposit and last month's rent. And they say, oh, no, he's not getting anything back. When he died, he violated his lease. So he's forfeit all of that. All after she has to go, she's like, I'm just trying to get, I was like, I'm not trying to jack money from my dead brother. I just had to bury him. I have funeral expenses to pay, and the thousands of dollars of my brothers that you were holding would go a long way to burying my brother. So, how about you get the stick out of your ass and pay us the money that you basically are trying to steal? Uh, and, and in reading the article, it, it basically, this is a thing in, in Seattle, apparently. Is it housing and, and trying to hold on to tenants and all this? It's, it's really, the housing market there is really volatile. And so a lot of landlords and things are really trying to scam a lot of people out of, uh, out of deposits. Now, I will admit, I have never once in my life between, you know, young life and apartment living to as an adult and renting houses, I've never gotten a, a deposit back. I also admit I've put a lot of holes in walls from guitar hangers and children kicking shit and, and, and drawing on walls and things like this. And we've, we've caused a share of damage to where I, I, I figure, yeah, they might jack the price up, but I'm probably not getting my deposit back. He was basically renting a room in like, it was, it was basically like a retirement like home community kind of thing. So it was like a big house with a lot of people that lived there. And he's basically renting his little room. She cleared it out. She cleaned it up. And they're holding, I think it was like $1,400 or some over a thousand dollars. She, she cleared out all of his stuff and they're basically refusing to give up a shitload of money that she needs to pay for his funeral. Like how, how in the hell is dying violating your lease. I don't understand this. It is just an assholey thing to do. That is it. And there's, there are, uh, I know there, there are like legal groups and people who are fighting landlords and these sort of things in Seattle right now that are fighting this fight in a lot of places. But really, how the hell much of a cold hearted son of a bitch do you have to be to claim some crap like that or to say with a straight face to this 
guy's sister that his death violated his lease. That he broke his lease by dying. So he, so you can't collect his deposit in order to bury him. You're a fucktard. You deserve to be beaten with reeds. Going back, I'm not saying you should be murdered and dumped in the river, Mr. KKK man, but you probably need to be beaten with reeds. I don't know where you're going to get reeds, but I don't know, it's just a good phrase. <sighs> so, I'm hoping for this woman that everything gets worked out. Uh, from the article, it said that she actually basically had to come out of pocket and pay, basically maxed out all of her credit cards in order to... Uh, pay the funeral expenses for her brother and she really needs that money just to keep her head above water at this point and it's really fucked up so uh you know here's here's to you and your fight against the schmuck hole landlord and let's hope you get the money and uh, sue the ever-living shit out of the guy and take everything because if he's going to be that harsh take everything from him and then and then hell distribute. If you want to do the right thing, distribute to other people that are getting screwed over. But yeah, whoever this landlord guy is, uh, does not deserve to be a landlord anymore. So sue the shit out of him, take him for everything, and buy your brother a gold plated headstone. Access granted. I'm Matt. This is Joe. And I'm Becky. And we host Pre Recorded Live, a weekly podcast where we goof off and geek out about nerdy news, movies, video games, and whatever else we feel like talking about. So check us out at Prereq Live on Twitter, Facebook.com backslash Prereq Live, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. I didn't, I, I didn't get a second line. I feel like I should say something. All my butt hair fell out. It's kind of nice. <laughs> I'm Adam. And I'm Rihanna from the Mom and Dad Cuss a Little podcast. After seven and a half years and four little boys, we've learned a few things about the parenting game and are here to share it with you. We definitely don't know everything, but we tell it how it is, chaos, messes, and all. So, if you like your parenting shows without all the sugar-coated unicorns, subscribe to Mom and Dad Cuss a Little on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever great podcasts are found. Sans Pants Radio, you know how you've always been kind of annoyed at the end of Grease because, like, the car just flies, and even though it's a musical, it doesn't really make sense in the context of the film? I'm going to explain that to you real quick. All right, so earlier in the film when they're making up the car, Danny says, if this car was any better, it could fly! And then at the end of the film, it's better, so it flies. It's just a joke. Enjoy. And that leads me to this week's recommended listening, which I realize that's not my normal lead-in clip. Uh, that's because this one is coming from one of, uh, I think, fuck, 12 shows on the Sans Pants Radio Network. This week, I'm talking about Plumbing the Death Star, which, much like uh, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, is one of those names that doesn't quite tell you what the show is about. Uh, believe it or not, not a Star Wars show. It's actually more of a general purpose movie sort of show. Uh, they're kind of description for it uh as they say as we ask the important questions in pop culture and dis dissect fictional universes because as they put it uh who deals with super weapon sanitation and imperial employee agreements so yeah it, it they basically kind of propose a 
rhetorical or not a rhetorical, kind of a, a ridiculous question about like pop culture and, and fictional franchises and, and basically sit there and discuss these weird sort of things. So like, let's see most effect, like the most recent episode from like this week says, how effective is the prime directive? Which is if you, if you're really a nerd, it's basically the main rule in the Star Trek universe. You know, uh, it's like, how effective is the prime directive? And it's like the one that says, Oh, don't go dicking with un, uh, you know, with, uh, societies that aren't as advanced and whatever bullshit. Uh, Let's see, another one that's a little less. <laughs> uh, how does the afterlife work in Pirates of the Caribbean? And I didn't think about this principle until they discussed it, but it's the whole, it's really easy to die or not die. And then there's the whole Davy Jones locker versus all the people in boats. And Davy Jones is supposed to be carrying people to the afterlife. But they basically tackle all of these questions in the most absolutely ridiculous way possible. Uh... It's just, and and then they'll go and they do kind of a, what was it? Hmm, I totally missed one. Uh, <laughs> how would you survive in Skyrim? How would you survive in Skyrim if you weren't the main character? And then they'll do kind of a, they'll do like movie reviews. So they one of the things they'll do is one of the guys is a manager for a movie theater. They will go, all these big movies, Batman, Superman, uh, Justice League, which hasn't come out yet. Uh, the Star Wars movies, they go and do the midnight screenings and they do a before show. It was like, what do we think is going to happen? And, uh, su- uh, Suicide Squad. And then they go watch the movie and then immediately come back and do a, here's what we thought about Suicide Squad. And they kind of do a, here's what we think. Uh, how right were we? <laughs> and they go, and again, they're doing midnight screenings. And again, if you didn't figure from, from his accent, they're in Australia. So they get an edge up. So I'm getting these like days before they release in the States, which is fine by me because I don't have time to watch a lot of these movies. So I'm getting their, you know, Hey, this is what happens in the movie. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're just, they're, they're funny and ridiculous, but they, they dissect all of these movies and, but they go from, Oh, it's 10 o'clock at night. We're going to record the pre-show, go watch the movie, come back home, record the post show. And by now they're just like, they they have a running gag of you know hashtag let me die because they're so burnt out by the time it gets through the movie and the pre and the post show and everything that they just are miserable and they're so like I I was drinking five Red Bulls and and chocolate bars and all this just to stay awake through the movie you know it's like was it uh for BVS because it was like a three hour something movie it's like I'm I'm so tired of watching this uh. I think they, they're running contest with hashtag let me die. I think it's even their, their promo code for one of their sponsors now. But yeah, but they'll do these post shows and just d- rip these movies to shreds. But it's, they're hilarious and that's just kind of it. And if you enjoy their, the, I, I, I this was one of the first kind of non, non, uh, tech podcasts that I started listening to. And in much like, uh, Nerdist and Welcome to Night Vale. It's one of those things that, uh, Plumbing to Death Star has actually been given awards by Apple for, uh, their performance and all this. It's like one of their best of 2015 list, I believe. And they've got a bunch of other shows that I'll get to later. But 
I think Plumbing the Death Star is one of my must must listen to because the whole Sans Pants crew are just hilarious. And it started with like three or four of them and now there's I don't even I can't keep track of who's on what shows anymore because it's kind of this fluid cast of god probably like 10 different people and they're all friends that all jump in in different shows and different topics and when I get to movie maintenance, that's a kind of, there's a lot of spin-off shows. So there's Plumbing the Death Star and then Plumbing the Death Star presents movie maintenance where it's like a fan fiction thing and all this other stuff. But they, they, it's not a set group of the, it's usually three to four people for a show, but it usually, it, it's not a set people. It's like, oh, it could be Joel and Jack and Zoe here. Or it could be Adam, and it could be Doucher, or it could be, uh, it could, or Gabe. You never know. But they 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 f- jump in and out depending on the topics, and the movie subject, and whatever it is they're going to talk about. And so you never quite know what you're going to get, but you know they're going to be hilarious, and you know they're going to sit there and completely manipulate the the subject at hand, and. Sometimes they stay on subject, sometimes they don't. A lot of the time, it's just utterly, every time, it's utterly hilarious. So, I highly recommend checking out Plumbing the Death Star or any of the other Sans Pants Radio shows at sanspantsradio.com. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be straight with you guys. It's been a tough show. It has. I honestly did not know a lot of what I was going to cover this week. Um, it's it's been it's been a rough week. I've been tired, but that is the show for the week. Remember, you can always find all of the links to all of the stories that I've talked about in the news and to my recommended listening shows at odddatout.blogspot.com. And remember, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, or whatever little podcatcher you use. And if you're so inclined, leave me a review on iTunes. That would be really awesome. I'd love to hear from you. Or you could just send me an email at odddatout at blogspot.com or on Twitter and Facebook. Once again, odddatout. But until next week... I am Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. Thank you and good night.